0: Hello and welcome back fellow metalheads. My name is Mike and today I bring you the first of many interviews with talented members of the metal scene who contribute to our growing Canadian ecosystem. You will get to hear the stories and thoughts behind the music and the scene from artists themselves, as these interviews are more of a free flowing conversation rather than a tightly structured Q and I hope this will help other artists gain valuable insight from their peers deepen the relationship between fans and the artists that are going to be featured and of course serve as a fun source of metal entertainment for all of us so without further ado it is my pleasure to introduce our very first guest Kevin hoover he is a man of many talents and many names who resides in the frostbitten city of winnipeg manitoba most will know him as the entity Funerar, front man of rising black metal band Nocturnal Departure, while others deeper in the underground may recognize him as Plague from the one-man project Hellmoon. Cabin is not only a musician, but also a talented illustrator and designer whose work has reached multiple countries across the world under the brand Rotting Rain. Hear us discuss topics ranging from the uniqueness of the black metal genre, how to balance multiple artistic projects, and how the Winnipeg scene has changed over the last five years. Roll the intro track.
1: Alright, so Kevin, again, I appreciate you making the time for this, and I've been uh, looking forward to chatting with you a little bit more uh, since a couple months here, so welcome to the podcast.
2: It's an honor, Mike, thanks a lot for having me on the show.
1: Awesome, man. So I wanted to start off by talking a little bit about the earlier times uh, in your music career, so can you take me back to your very first exposure to black metal?
2: Yes, uh, I would say probably 14 or 15. Um, been listening to black metal and extreme music uh, for quite a long time. Um, honestly, I it kind of just started with bands like Dimmu Borgir and whatnot. And then uh, actually, Limewire was a black metal exposure for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you remember Limewire, but yep, um, I ended up coming across like marduk and leviathan and mayhem dark throne all of those yeah so around 14 or 15
1: for me it was definitely a lot later so uh, that's why uh that's why you're the black metal musician here <laughs> <laughs> awesome and so around that time then fourteen, fifteen, is that where you first started playing music as well
2: yes uh that's around the time when i uh really took an interest to it and, you know, started picking up instruments. Um, I played guitar since I was really young and then I kind of switched over to bass for a very long time. And then, uh, so I kind of jump between the two now uh, in terms of guitar and bass. But yeah, I've pretty much been involved with, or, you know, been around music my entire life. I come from a very musical background.
1: Okay. So like your, like your family played music as well?
2: yeah uh or my dad rather he uh, he's huge into music, huge influence for me musically and he played in bands when he was younger. So definitely I definitely get that from him. Nice. there's always there was always music in the household, you know, all kinds.
1: That's really cool to hear yeah my, my dad is similar way. He was always there was always classic rock playing in the background when we were growing up, so that's kind of what sparked my love for music at least. And then it was kind of my own exploration afterwards uh, into metal to, to figure out what that was. but uh, For sure. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So let's say, um, you know, you, you said you started picking up some of the music around that time and uh, there's always a juicy story for the first time you play live. So I'm curious to know uh, if you could take us down memory lane a little bit about the first gig you ever played.
2: Oh, man. First gigs suck. <laughs> Honestly, um before I got into, you know, the the more extreme music that people might know me for these days, uh I used to play in like punk and hardcore bands. Like mm. um I oh man, when, when was my first show? Probably like let's see, you don't want to date myself here, but uh <laughs> um I'd say at least 12 years ago, maybe more, first actual show. And it was it was in like a hardcore band, like Mm -hmm. um, honestly, at this point, you know, I I never take that for granted, but I have nothing to do with that stuff at this point.
1: Yeah. First gigs are always kind of challenging. I'm sure you were pretty nervous
2: then. Oh, definitely. But honestly, (laughs) you know, um, I'm going to say this every time doesn't doesn't matter how many times you've played live. Every time you get on stage, there's uh, an anxiety, but it's good. You get excited. Uh, you're anxious to play. You're like, oh, man, could something go wrong? Yeah, it could, but I don't know. I I get fueled by that. There's always anxiety before you go on stage, but it's it's part of it. And I think if you don't feel that, that's a problem. You uh, You should be excited about it. You know what I mean? yeah it's exhilarating i love doing it i love playing live i miss playing live actually
1: oh for sure yeah i know right now uh people that are listening we're in the middle of covid wave two uh it's kind of like a zombie apocalypse for for music but we will get to a point where you know playing shows and everything will, will become normal again so let's transition i want to talk a little bit about your current project so we, we talked a little bit about your exposure to black metal, uh, starting off with some punk stuff as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now, uh, the first band that I uh, know you from is actually Nocturnal Departure.
2: Yes. And,
1: uh, yeah, for me, it really, really struck me right out of the gate. So I'm really curious to know how it came together. What inspired you to start Nocturnal?
2: You know, uh, it's music I had in me that I wanted to do something with. And as far as I'm concerned, there wasn't really anything quite like that going on. So I was kind of in in the position I had time to do it. And I uh, wanted to do something new, something really dark. I wanted to play black metal, just as simple as that. And uh, it just happened to be right place, right time, right people, kind of, kind of meant to be kind of thing. Um, so glad it happened. Very yeah, proud of sure. Nocturnal Departure. Yeah, and it seems
1: that, you know, going like kind of like going with what you just said, uh, when I was listening to the music the first time, I felt this the cohesion to it, right? Like it felt mm-hmm. very, very um, organic, the way that it came through. And so I know previously we were chatting a little bit about how the sound is very much influenced by the second wave of black metal.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, it certainly is.
1: Yeah. So I'm curious to know, like, you know, are there certain bands that you're trying to uh, essentially evoke through your music um, or is it kind of just the inspiration from that time and then you're throwing in something else in there?
2: I would say it's a bit of both of those things you just said. Um, Inspiration from a few bands and, you know, how they went about things and the way they crafted black metal and, uh, just that music specifically, it's—I I think it's awesome. It's—it's uh, it's dark, furious. Uh, I don't know. I, in terms of black metal, there's nothing else quite like it. It's—it's—it's it's, it's, its own entity. Uh, it's also got a huge visual element to it. I love that as well. You know, the the visual and the extreme music to go with it. It's super. Uh, I think it's incredible.
1: Yeah, definitely. There, there isn't really anything else like it, and so it's it's fun, uh, you know, for me to expose black metal to, you know, people that are just getting into metal, because uh, it's definitely on the extreme side for them. But also, even for people that are not really exposed to metal as a whole um because there is something there around not only the aesthetic but the way that the music is constructed right the mm-hmm. behind it the yeah. atmosphere um which i think a lot of people appreciate right um and so you know similarly to nocturnal departure you also went ahead and started your own uh one-man project called hellmoon yep now uh we joked around about this too, over text a while ago, but uh I remember when I heard this project uh immediately I was like um this is uh this is quite lo fi I'm not sure how I feel about this
2: <laughs> it's raw yeah, um i you know i when i when I made Hellmoon, Moon, I did it because I just wanted to keep playing black metal. I couldn't jam. I was self-isolated and I had you know other other stuff, other riffs in me that you know maybe didn't exactly work with Nocturnal Departure and I was you know I'm like okay, I've got the time. I have nothing nothing else I can really do. I'm stuck at home. It's COVID. I'm going to I'm going to make some more music and you know the way Nocturnal Departure was recorded, we went into a studio we miked, we miked up real drums, real amp, you know, all of that. And obviously if I'm in an apartment, I don't have those things. I don't have access to that. So I recorded the Hellman stuff by the means necessary, you know. Uh, I didn't have a lot to work with, but I put everything I had into it to my ability to make more black metal. And it end up it ends up coming out. Extremely raw, I, and that was also the intent. Something that's you know not not like I didn't want to make just another nocturnal departure. This is its own entity. Hell Moon's its own thing. Yeah, for sure. Different flavors.
1: Yeah, and it's it's definitely apparent. Like even as you said, right? Even just the riffs cho- uh, choices that you have thrown in there, they're very they're very different, and. Um, Yeah, I guess it's kind of hard to explain. It's one of those things that you'll have to listen to it. And I'll definitely link, um, you know, the like some some music at the bottom in the description of this, too, so that people can dive into that and uh, check out the differences. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And so one of the things that I was really curious about, too, and this is kind of diving back into the whole aesthetic around black metal uh one of the things that is also unique uh about the genre is you know this idea of using pseudonyms Mm -hmm. and um you know for me it seems that the popularity is has not decreased it's become basically almost like a staple uh within the music genre so i'm curious to know like how do how do you approach pseudonyms personally within the music
2: a pseudonym for me it's essentially you are becoming part of the music, part of the representation of the music. And that also goes along with, um, how you present yourself with corpse paint or, you know, it's, it's, it's all, it's the element of black metal. I love It's you you become part of the music. It's, uh, it it takes away like a human factor. It's like, you become another entity with the music yeah uh i think it's important i think pseudonym you you create a character and a vibe with the music it's another form of art to go with the music it just it, it's like the full package and that's the thing that's one thing i just i love about black metal just the extra that goes into it and the way it's presented yeah It's like
1: you're fully you're fully uh engulfed in what the music is right and so the pseudonym almost acts as that extra gateway right that extra thing that you step into
2: yeah it helps you channel you know um channel and touch on things maybe you don't normally think about it it becomes an outlet you become your own outlet with the music
1: so apart from you know the black metal side uh to you as you mentioned right you kind of have some other musical influences Mm -hmm. as well
2: Absolutely. So
1: in my research, I saw that you currently also play into grindcore bands. So we're yes, I about. do. Yeah. Flashout and Necrotic Liquid Faction, which is the best name, in my opinion. Uh, Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so I'm curious then, you know, like obviously with, with art, there's, there's different types of moods that will produce certain types of music, right? So as you mentioned before, with Nocturnal and Hellmoon, their extensions but not necessarily the same thing so when you're sitting down and starting to write riffs how do you go about like separating ideas for each of your projects
2: um well the nice thing about all of these projects is that they are almost never happening at the same time it kind of happens all in waves uh flash out and necrotic that stuff came first so. I was sort of in that mindset at the time to write that kind of material. It it all depends what's going on, what I feel like doing, what's happening around me, all of that, you know, factors in the influences and where the rifts are coming from and yeah, that's that's how I go about that. Got it. So, do you
1: are, are you still like uh, thinking of going back to Uh, writing some more grindcore stuff in the future
2: absolutely i i love doing it and i still i still listen to grindcore and gore grind it's you know it's uh it's music that i love unfortunately right now with flash out for example two of the members have kids and also with with those bands those are full bands those are bands i play live with so there's also the factor that there's other musicians involved and if we can't jam and can't really see each other it makes it kind of challenging to write new material but i do have flash out riffs i'm sitting on i've got a bunch of necrotic stuff written it's it's all gonna happen in time yeah just waiting to be unleashed at the right moment yeah
1: awesome man Okay, and then one thing that like for me growing up with music, uh, there's always this debate, right? Of do you like what what grabs you when you're listening to music? So, for example, some people say, oh, it's the riff that catches my attention. And then others listen to the lyrics or what other instruments they, they hone in on. And so with black metal, there's a lot of really interesting themes that get talked about. Um, As you mentioned, some of it is pretty dark, but it's part of that exploration of, you know, the human psyche, in my opinion. Absolutely. It comes through that. So in your lyrics, are there any particular themes that you tend to gravitate towards more so uh, and you're looking for people to understand and grasp, or is it more just an introspective type of uh, writing process for you?
2: So for black metal... That's, uh, for me, that's the darkest music I make. And I I channel, you know, I, I take, it's a catharsis for me. I'm Nocturnal Departure, Cathartic Black Rituals. Literally, that's taking anything that's negative, anything that I'm feeling bad about, putting that on paper, putting that, into my guitar and releasing that basically like purging all that bad stuff, doing something constructive with something I'm struggling with mentally, for instance, that's yeah. Black metal for me, for me, it's catharsis. It's, uh, it's dealing with, you know, uh, struggles in everyday life, anxieties, dark thoughts, you know, dealing, dealing with people dying, friends dying, just anything weird or, you know, not normal. Like all of that goes into black metal for me and my lyrics. And I'm, as some, obviously some of it's fantasy as well. Like I, I know I supernatural stuff, weird black magic stuff, Occult stuff—that's all interesting to me as well. You know, uh, death, afterlife, spiritual stuff. That—that's all in, in my mind, lyric-wise as well.
1: Yeah, and then for for the uh, grindcore projects—is that something that you write lyrics for as well?
2: I do actually. I help write lyrics for. Uh, well, okay, for for both projects, Necrotic and Flashout, I do write lyrics for necrotic all lyric duties are mine it's it's that band specifically it's just kind of talking about you know like weird medical stuff you know like along the carcass line of things like it's uh just kind of funny stuff about gore but not in a bad way like it's just kind of like different words for describing guts and, you know, different, different decomposing levels of the body and whatnot. Yeah. And then, uh, for flash out those lyrics, uh, it's, I won't say it's like political. It's not necessarily like that, but it is, you know, it's, it's influenced by what goes on in society and, you know, people doing stupid or bad things, uh, letting out frustrations, you know, it's kind of uh, music is healing in that sense.
1: Speaking of that, uh, another piece that I think, you know, transitions into this, this expression, right, is the visual component of art. And so in this case, one of the things that I, I really appreciate about your work as well is that you not only, you know, write music, but you're also a visual creator as well yeah and so um with this type of like dynamic that you have between you know your visual work uh meaning logos uh, band art and stuff like that and then music itself um what are some of the things that like tie the, the two together if at all
2: uh i i think the art and music go hand in hand i think um Well, I'm going to say this first. I've been artistic all my life. Like I've, like not only music, but like the art, it's always been a part of me. Mm -hmm. It's always been the thing I've loved the most. So here I am, you know, 30 years later and I'm, I'm, I'm doing it for a living. You know, I would have never dreamed that, you know, but uh, yes, I believe that the art is a very, very important element of music, especially you know, extreme forms of music, black metal, death metal, grindcore, etc. Uh, I think that having an awesome logo, people see that gets them stoked. It says something about the music. Same with the artwork. You know, you, you see these amazing artworks and logos, it makes you want to check out that band. Mm-hmm. I've I've blind bought albums before because the album art was awesome. And usually the art on the cover is a very good indication of uh what you're going to get from that band or you know what 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 it's going to sound like and i i love being a part of that i love to be able to you know create art for someone's shirt or album covers or logos i uh beyond happy to do it you know um i'm putting everything i have into it yeah Uh, under the name rotting rain that's that's uh not pseudonym, but that's that's uh, the name for my art and where people can find me online.
1: Yeah, exactly. And we'll uh, we'll definitely link it at the bottom too, so people can check that out. And actually, awesome. On the individual the side of the podcast, we'll we'll throw in a couple of uh, of samples too of some of the most recent work you've done. Oh, it that'd is, be great. It is really cool. Like the the I agree with you one hundred percent around how a logo or even just the album art in and of itself is uh, a buying trigger or at least like something for people to explore new music. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, There's that feeling of going into like a record store, for example, and then you're perusing through things. And what, what are you going to check out? If you don't know what the band is, the first thing that will pop out is that
2: you look at the cover. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so uh, you know, when it comes to collaborating with bands, Uh, I wonder how much of that process is them telling you, Hey, just, you know, this is our general, uh, aesthetic, go crazy, create something based off what we do. And then how much of it is uh, a legitimate back and forth process?
2: It's, it's both those things. Really. I, uh, I try and really, you know, take what I can from who I'm working with and you know I talk to them and I'm like okay so here's samples of my work you know what did you like here that I've done for logos for instance it's like what are some of the bands you guys love what are some of the logos you love you know design style texture all that you know we take all that into consideration and uh you know I ask what what do you want it to look like what what don't you want to have in it you know if it's black metal, it's like you know, they'll, they'll be like, Hey, don't do this or don't do that. I, I, I'm completely open when I work with artists and, you know, and then sometimes they're like, you know what? I like what you do, Kevin. So literally, you know, this is, this is what the music sounds like. Take it and run with it. We love what you do. We sure it will be awesome. Mm -hmm. So it kind of goes both ways, but for the most part, usually people are telling me like, okay, you know, put your touch to it. Go for it you know, whatever comes to mind, you know, full creative, but I, I do, I do want to, I always discuss with the artists. I I like to make them as happy as possible, you know, and I, I enjoy, you know, you know, discussing Kate, you know, and how can we work together and make this look awesome? You know, your ideas and my ideas. Cool.
1: So, uh, you know, since you have been doing, you know, art like visual art as well for a while, uh do you have any specific inspirations uh yourself when it comes to this medium
2: oh man um i wouldn't say i have any particular artist immediately that's like a massive inspiration for me i i I have a lot like the list would be huge Mm. there's just you know the, the thing with art is uh every oh man everyone is so unique everyone has their own style there's kind of no right or wrong way about going about it it's it, right. it's all it's all very organic and again it's the art is influenced on you know what we're going through in the moment the music we listen to the things we experience so it's just kind of so amazing to see all the different kinds of art out there or you can You'll look at an artwork and be like, "Oh man, I know exactly who painted that." You know, everyone has everyone ends up developing a style. The more work they put into it, um, yeah. There, there are there's so many awesome artists out there. Uh, some, you know, some of which I have the pleasure of working closely with, and we have social media, so you know, to internationally connect with some of these bands and visual artists, it, it's, it's quite incredible. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I even imagine, right? Like as you continue through the the process, right? Uh, meeting other artists also really helps when it comes to even potentially getting some more inspiration as well. Right. And like learn to totally and stuff like that from others. Yeah.
2: You never, I mean, it, this goes with music too, but music and art, uh, I mean, life in general, but you never stop learning. You can always, you know, you, you can pick up a guitar and you can, you know, learn something new every time you pick it up. Sa- same with working with different mediums or art. You can always try something new. You can always, like, do something different with what you're doing. It always evolves, like, you know... Honestly, just the other day, I looked at one of the first things I did this year and then I looked at the most recent logo I posted, for instance, and it's just like, wow. You know, even just to see, like a year's progress, for instance, you know, it's just, you keep working and it's just gonna keep getting better and better, Uh, you keep taking on new influences, trying new styles, incorporating new things, being influenced by new things, it's awesome.
1: Yeah, exactly, and that's that's part of, you know, the the beauty of metal as well in general, right? Um, The fact that it seems that like the metal music sphere is so diverse in and of itself that people from a different musical background get uh easily confused right i guess even you know ourselves we get confused and we get all nitpicky on like wait is this this totally sub sub genre you know uh huh, yeah um but uh yeah no i 100% agree with you when it comes to you know the the collaboration and the ongoing process of discovery and so that brings me to another point that I wanted to touch on, because, you know, a lot of what we're talking about is around the metal scene, and every city is slightly different from what I can tell um, when it comes to that scene. And so obviously, you know, COVID has thrown a huge uh, wrench in all of our uh, our ability to gather and and you know watch concerts mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah, kind of. but. Let's just say, uh, prior to COVID, I'm really curious to know a little bit more about the Winnipeg metal scene, and you know what are some of the uh, key bands that are from there. Uh, what is the scene like? And uh, you know, definitely, we'll 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 see if there's a return to form uh, later down the road.
2: Yeah, I hope so. I don't quite know exactly where it's going to end up. I, I honestly, I uh, can't wait till. I, I I definitely miss playing live. I miss going to shows. I can't wait to like uh, touring bands can come back just from making connections lately with you know nocturnal departure art and music the you know, the, the international connections you know um, hoping some awesome stuff can happen the next couple of years but uh, the scene was pretty decent as of recent uh, I feel extremely. Extremely blessed and fortunate to have been a part of it, you know, uh, between Flash Out. Flash Out honestly really opened the door for me. That was like mm-hmm. the first super serious, legit band that I had the honor and pleasure of playing for. Um, my first official show with them, first technical live show, uh, it was with Terrorizer. We opened for Terrorizer. Cool. so. Yeah. That's uh, pretty insane. It was a great show. I'll never forget that. Um, Winnipeg scene. Uh, it's it's got uh, something for everybody. I would say if you're if you're into death metal, plenty of death metal here. If you like black metal, there is black metal here. Um, everything: grindcore, thrash, punk. All forms of, you know, all the best forms of extreme metal, you can find all that here in the scene. And uh, if you like rock, there's rock too. There's there's everything, something for everybody. Pretty inclusive.
1: That's awesome. And then in terms of like venues and stuff like that, or even just like uh, metal bar type of places, is there a, a decent amount there to, you know, uh, keep the scene like active as well?
2: you know uh the last few years there were tons and man i don't know i really don't know how it's gonna look in like you know the the next year or two for example um this past year i think end of the year last year we lost a couple venues uh one of which being the zoo i'm sure uh some people might know what that is you know internationally but uh it was a bar that's been around for a long time and it pretty much just got bought out by uh condos super super oh. shitty yeah basically there was one there's one main little strip in winnipeg uh osborne and it's just completely changed Any, anyways uh main bars was a uh, goodwill social club the Windsor just closed down. That was that was not, a not-too-bad one. There were lots of shows there all the time, all kinds. Park Theater. Park Theater is the main one. Everyone knows Park Theater. Yeah. Um, I'd say that's where most big touring metal acts come through. Um, but the Goodwill Social Club, that's been a pretty big one, too. Those are the main two right now, I think. Oh, and then there's also uh, Bulldog Event Center. That's kind of up-and-coming uh i don't i don't know it's i think it can fit a fair amount of people in there i think it could be pretty good i could see you know bigger metal bands playing there coming through um trying to think of bars just lots of them closed down and then i'm just kind of you know i'm like what are we going to be left with because a lot of the oh of course handsome daughter that's that's the other one i'm trying to think of you know, lots of, uh, I feel like that's been the place the past couple years. If you wanted to see, like, obscure or crazy black metal bands coming through, that was the place to be. Uh, and Nocturnal Departure played there quite quite the amount of times. Shared the stage there with, uh, in the last couple years, who did we play with? We played with Infernal Coil from the States. Uh, Pan American Native Front, uh, occult burial, uh, holy grinder. Yeah, it's that's I, I'd say. Handsome daughter, definitely one of the favorite, been the favorites for me in the last couple years. Flash I've played there a bunch of times. Like, I just hope you know. I hope some of these, uh, like the, the smaller. The smaller, uh, smaller businesses, smaller venues. I hope they don't get shut down. Like I just don't want to see. I don't want to lose any more of these awesome places. Hope COVID doesn't cause too much more damage. In that sense.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be looking that place up because I've never heard of it. So I'm curious to, to see what it looks like.
2: Man. I think, uh, I think the max can probably cram like. 200, 250 people in there. And I've seen it crammed before. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's fun. It's a good time. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. That that size is always like a, a really crazy time. So...
2: Yeah. Kind of insane playing black metal shows in there. That's my favorite. <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly. It, it's yeah. kind of similar to a place that we have here in Vancouver called the Astoria Pub. I've heard of it. So it's pretty small too. Um, probably, I, I would say it's probably... Hundred 200. Uh, don't quote me on that. I'm not 100% sure on the numbers, but man, like some of the craziest shows there just because of, you know, that type of uh, closeness. And yeah, I'm sure you've heard of the Rickshaw Theater as well. That's a, I have. Yeah, that's a bigger one. And uh, that's where a lot of the, the larger tours happen for, for mm-hmm. bands. Yeah. And so, you know, with that said too, um, right now, we're in the age of social media. And as you mentioned before, there's a lot of opportunity when it comes to connecting with bands across, you know, across Canada, totally, states, and internationally. Um, and so, you know, I'm curious to know a little bit about, you know, what were some of your, uh, realizations or epiphanies, if you want to call it, uh, as you started building out the exposure, both for your, uh, visual art, and also for nocturnal departure, because I've seen, uh, you know, people in other countries even referencing your work on both fronts. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, can you dive a little bit into how you use those tools
2: for yourself? I just, I uh, basically Instagram is my main tool. It's pretty much the only social media I use, I use it for both art and, uh, and my band. In terms of international exposure and communication it's it's a good tool the algorithms are good glad it exists I'm, I'm happy to use Instagram and I just I you know see, seeing the growth just in the last couple of years I honestly I'm kind of baffled by it every day right like just the amount of people obviously you can see how many see it how many people comment on it where they're where they're from just to you know see how far the music and art is reaching like or just for example like you know we'll look at our band camp orders for nocturnal departure and just seeing you know how far it's spread you know we've got people from Singapore or Norway Finland buying our stuff nice like oddly enough very little Canadians very little Canadian. Really? Yeah. It's all for nocturnal. It's basically, I'd say like 60%, 50% from the States. Very interesting. People love it there. We can't wait to get there. We were actually supposed to play the States this year. It was supposed to be our first uh, international gigs.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Literally. When did we buy the tickets? We bought the tickets like end of February, early March, and then literally weeks (laughs) after we bought the tickets, boom, here comes COVID. No, you're not playing in the States. Great. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that sounds awesome, man. Well, congrats on that. That's that's, a a really good thing to hear. Is there any any advice you would give to uh, maybe like an up and coming band that are just launching or anything like that to um, help them gain exposure?
2: Um, I have definitely have a couple things I can say, uh, anyone who is wanting to start out or just starting out, you're not sure, like, Oh, you don't know much about labels or anything like that. Just don't be afraid to ask. Like, you know, a lot of these labels, a lot of these folks, they're super awesome people and they're willing to talk to you and give you the time of day. Like, uh, and if, okay. Say you're ready to release an album. Make sure you've got all your ducks in a row. You've got your art, you've got all the songs finished, it's mixed, it's mastered. You've you know, you've got everything you want, maybe even some shirts and stuff planned. And okay, now now you look for a label, don't post anything yet. Try, you know. It's uh it's a little easier nowadays to find label support and there's a good chance you'll get your stuff. Uh, pressed on cassette someone will do cds for you and if you work real hard you'll get vinyl um but just you know it, it's not always going to happen right away you got to be patient uh don't jump the gun because a lot of times labels it's like oh you've already posted your stuff on Bandcamp or like it's already on youtube and stuff you know it's, it's better like if, if you can keep it under wraps till you know you've got that label support and then you promote and release it together that's when it gets people hyped that's where you build and make the impact that's the advice i can give on that and uh i would say just having that following like uh, i'm extremely grateful and honored and fortunate that people like Nocturnal Departure or any of the music that I do. And I feel like because I have those connections, it's it's kind of made things a little bit easier for myself as a visual artist to excel. A lot of my clientele, you know, they'll, they'll be talking to me like, hey, you know, like, oh, man, you're in Nocturnal Departure, hey? Or like, it's just, that's it's, it's crazy, you know? I, I, again, it's just kind of insane who ends up seeing it. Uh, in terms of art, I, I don't know. I think it, it went... It went how it did for me, I think, because I put so much into the music as well. I kind of built both up at the same time. Right. Yeah. Uh, art stuff for me, it happened uh, locally first. I uh, I hustled, man. Like, uh, started with art prints, doing logos for folks locally. Uh, I actually did the Nocturnal Departure logo, I did the Hell Moon logo. All that kind of stuff. I had my hands in that visual element, and people see those things and it sticks in their minds. And um, yeah, I sold art locally. Lots of art prints was a big thing for me for a long time. And uh, now at this point, uh, logos and artwork, you know, my prints are always available, but I don't, I wouldn't say I rely on that at this point anymore but i'm more than glad to do it someone wants an art print for me shoot me a message man like be glad to send you some of my art
1: yeah no that's awesome man that's really solid advice and and that's the thing i think the key that you mentioned there is two it's one being strategic with you know the way that you plan to release your stuff out there Mm -hmm. and then also never underestimating the actual hustle that has to go into it right yeah. Because um, everybody seems to, you know, be interested in like the, the, um, the fan base uh, of it, potentially sales and everything like that too. Mm-hmm. But without that upfront, uh, you know, getting your ducks in a row, as you mentioned, a yeah. lot of the the fruits of the labor are going to be really hard to actually come by afterwards. Well, we've come to the very end here. Uh, but first, of course, I want to give uh, give the opportunity to give a shout-out or a couple of shout-outs to some bands that uh, are either local from Winnipeg or somewhere else in Canada that you like like people to check out.
2: Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to do two quick shout-outs. Uh, first one's going to be uh, to my buddy Jeff, Jeffrey Corin. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but he and I are actually in a uh, dark ambient project together, which has played live before. It's called Dojo Cobra. Okay. Um, It's got a blackened element too, but I want to give a shout out to him as he is also excelling on his own right now. He's got um, got a black metal project of his own called Primordial Serpent and also has a dark ambient dungeon synth project called Calamite. um that guy's blowing up right now J- just sold out uh i think it was 50 or 60 tapes sold it out in two hours wow. through a dutch label called neckel put records which is also released stuff for hellmoon great label kind of shouting them out right now too mm-hmm. Nickel put recordings from the netherlands great label um so yeah i wanted to give a shout out to jeff and i'd also like to give a shout out to my brother evan hoover who's done all the nocturnal departure promo photos so far and also some of the more iconic Hellmoon photos he's uh for anyone local uh highly recommend evan that guy the best way to put it, he has the knack for capturing the beast in somebody. Like, especially for uh black metal or death metal, anything dark like that. He, I don't know, no one, I don't think anyone does it as well as he does. And I'm not just saying that cause he's my brother. Like I'm saying like, just look up nocturnal departure. Those pictures speak for themselves. Yeah. Actually, quickly on that note too, uh, there is a Hellmoon music video and any of the shots with me in it in the video, that's him as well. It's called Chimera Photography and you can look that up on Instagram. He has a webpage as well. Yeah, and just and- overall, thank you and I just want to thank anyone who supports Nocturnal Departure, Hellmoon or Rotting Rain, any of my endeavors, just thank you. Thanks a lot.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. So the the very last word, we'll go with what metal music means to you.
2: Uh, it means everything. Music in general means everything. Metal music means everything to me. Uh, it's my life force. I don't know what I'd do without it. Don't know where I'd be without it. Same with the art.
1: Excellent, man. Well, again, I really appreciate you making the time. And uh, we'll have all your links set up at the bottom so people can check it out. Perfect. Kevin, again, thank you for tuning in and uh, being part of the podcast.
2: Thank you, Mike. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Great conversation. Awesome talking with you.